Well, this morning, let's, um, let's begin with prayer. I think that would be a good place to begin, don't you? And then we'll, we'll, um, I'll, I'll share with you what's going to happen here today. Father, thank you so much for the gift we have to gather together. Thank you for the gift of music. Thank you for how it just soothes our soul, how it ministers. And I pray that as we are gathered together as body of Christ here at Kingwood, that you would do your work by your spirit. I pray that you would convict, that you would encourage. You know exactly what we need. You know our individual needs, and you are capable of meeting each and every one of those And so I'm asking in our time together that you would do just that. Pray that what is shared would be honoring to you. Pray that what I share would be only in that that which is in agreement with your word and given by your spirit's power. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, the title you can see is Because of Jesus. So today we're going to do things a little bit different, okay? A little bit different. Um, rather than the traditional message that I uh, typically give at this time, we've got three different things that we're doing today. The very first, we're going to have a baby dedication. And I, I'm going to just tell you, I have actually been looking really forward to this moment because I've never done a baby dedication before. I mean, I've had my own children dedicated before, but as a pastor, I've never been privileged to do this yet. So I'm looking really forward to this. And I've been looking forward to this for a little bit now. Um, it's because of Jesus that we do this. It is because of Jesus. It is because of our faith in Jesus that we do this. It is because we have this desire that our children would walk with Jesus. That's why we do this. And a bit later, as the morning goes on, we're going to have our youth who were involved in short-term missions this summer, come on up here and share about, just briefly, about their, their trip, their experience, what they did. It is because of Jesus that they went. It's because of Jesus that they served. And then finally, we're going to, as a family, we're going to come together and we're going to observe communion, the Lord's Supper, It is because of Jesus that we come to this table, because of what he has done for us. It's all because of Jesus. And so as we do these three things this morning, I really want you to be thinking about that in light of this, because of Jesus. This morning, I'd like to just start and ask you to think with me, Before I ask Maylot and Isaiah to come on up here, I want you to think with me this morning about baby dedication. And I had to first kind of wrestle with this because this is my very first time. I was thinking, so why? Why do we dedicate babies at a worship gathering like this? Why are we even, why do we do this? I've been part of baby dedications a number of times in the church And I thought, you know, I don't know that it has really ever been explained to me. And we've never really talked about it. Why are we doing this? And so this last week, I was giving that some thought. Why do we dedicate babies in a worship gathering like this? And as I thought about that, my very first thought was this. Why not? Why would we not want to do this? Why would we not want to say, God, this is my child, and I long for my child to be committed to you, and I long for my child to know you? And so there was that very first part of me that thought, why would we not want to do this? And then as I continued to think about it, I thought about the Lord Jesus himself, who was also dedicated in the temple at 40 days of age, after purification was up. He was brought to the temple and he himself as a baby was dedicated in the temple. And then my mind went back to the Old Testament and I thought about Hannah. And I thought about Hannah as she was having this desire, God, if you would give me a baby, 
then I will dedicate him to you. I will dedicate my baby to you. And she did that. In the Gospels, we see Jesus and his great love for children. We really see his great love. And there was a time in the Gospels where it is recorded that Jesus was was with the children and people were actually longing just for their kids to go to Jesus just so that he would simply touch them. And the disciples were kind of up in arms about this and they thought, oh, this is not important enough. The Lord doesn't need to be bothered with children. And Jesus stopped them and said, hold on a second. You let the children come to me. You allow them to come to me. And we saw the Lord Jesus in his great love for children. What baby dedication is not you with me? This is what it's not. Baby dedication has nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is completely an individual choice that must be made by the person who we dedicate. So in a bit, we're going to dedicate Isaiah to the Lord. This does not confer upon him salvation. This doesn't grant to him salvation. That is a decision that Isaiah must make as he grows older. And we are going to be praying that he will make that decision. But what is baby dedication? Baby dedication is recognition. As a parent, I need help. I need help. Because raising children is difficult. Maylot, Isaiah is just a few months old. You've already probably had a few times where you've thought, wow, this is difficult. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Maylot, I'm not trying to ruin it, but you've got more of those times coming. <laughs> you're going to have those times where you're going to say, God, what did I, what happened? This little Isaiah grew and he got bigger and the challenges grew and those challenges got bigger. It's hard. It's hard. And so a baby dedication is almost in so many ways. It is us as parents saying, God, I need your help. I need your wisdom. Because as we do our best as parents to raise children in the culture which you and I are all bombarded with on a daily basis... It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And our desire as parents is, God, I want to see the next generation long to know you. And so this dedication is a time where we say, God, would you help me as a parent? As a parent, would you help me? Would you be my strength? Would you give me wisdom when I don't know what to say? Or when I feel like I'm at my wit's end, would you help me, God? I need that. And God is capable of ministering in those moments. God longs to do that. Because we have been looking as a church family at going through the book of Proverbs, I thought I would share just four Proverbs with us this morning as we think about this baby dedication. Proverbs 17, verse 6. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. There is a blessing in being a grandparent. There ought to also be a blessing in being a parent. And as a parent, it ought to be the desire that we would say, as a parent, I am doing my very best. And though our children may not always appreciate it in the moment, and there are those years where it's difficult And there are those years where I really think that sometimes dad and mom can just not do anything right. (laughs) But eventually you get beyond those years and you start to come back and you realize that maybe dad and mom know exactly what they're talking about. I think there is truth in this proverb. Parents are, they should be the pride of their children. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. God has set it up 
so that parents raise the children, not the other way around. It's not children who raise the parents. It is parents who raise the children. Proverbs 29, verse 15, it says, the rod, and repro- the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. And just two verses later, it says this, Correct your son, and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. Discipline is not bad. Discipline is good. When it is done in a way that is honoring to both the child, and there is discipline that can be honoring and dishonoring to a child, and that which is honoring to the Lord. Discipline is good, and it's needed, and it is loving. One last one, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. This is a verse that is, honest, quite honestly, a little bit difficult for us. Remember a few weeks ago I said this, Proverbs are probabilities, not promises. It doesn't always work out. Don't you wish it always worked out this way? Our job is to train. Our children have the choice because it is ultimately their responsibility to choose for themselves whether or not they will honor what they have been raised with. That is their choice. Our job as parents is, God, may I first live what I am teaching. May I first live what I say I believe because my kids are watching. And then may I train my children with that which is right. And in order to train in that which is right, I must know that which is right. I must know God and I must know his word. And the third thing I do is I pray like crazy. I pray like crazy. And the older we get, I think the crazier we pray. The more we pray, the more we pray. And you know what? I'm not there yet, but I've talked with people who are grandparents and they say, it just keeps on. You just keep on and sometimes you pray all the more crazy. You just keep on praying because you long for your children to walk with the Lord. And then if God gives you grandchildren, you long that your grandchildren would walk with the Lord. And so you continue to pray. You pray, God, may this person's heart be soft and sensitive to the Lord. I'm going to invite Maylot and Isaiah up here. I've asked Kelsey if she would join us as well. And um, I'm also going to just allow if any family, it's up to the family, but if any family would like to come on up with Maylot, they are more than welcome to come on up. You do whatever you'd like. Maylot, come on up right now. And Isaiah. All right. Man, he's looking sharp today. <laughs> come on. Okay, come on up. Maylot, why don't you come on over this way here? We'll make some room. All right, this is Maylot. And I trust that you know Maylot. If you don't know Maylot yet, get to know Maylot. This is Isaiah. And I don't know Isaiah that well yet, but I'm looking forward to getting to know him better and better. Isn't he a cute little guy? <laughs> Maylot, God has given you this little child. Is it your desire to raise Isaiah with the knowledge of the Lord and also with the fear of the Lord, desiring that he would learn to know Jesus and walk with Jesus? Is that your desire? Yes. Good. All right. Do you think that he'd be willing to come to me right now? Yeah. All right. We're going to give this a try. All right. Come this way. Oh, boy. Oops, my hands are cold. Sorry. Oh, oh boy. Are we going to be okay? Oh, we're, we're good. He's just chilling. He's good. I think he's good. <laughs> All right. Um, Kelsey, why don't you come on around this way here? There we go. All right. Let's, let's pray. And as a family, as a church family, we have um, a privilege of walking together. We're, we're family. We're all family. We have a privilege of praying for Maylot, loving Maylot, 
and encouraging me a lot and doing the same for Isaiah. So join me in prayer right now as we commit Maylot to the Lord and as we commit Isaiah to the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of life. I thank you for life that you have given to Maylot and now life that you have given to little Isaiah here. What a blessing he is. Thank you for this little child and for me, when I, when I see a little child, I just think about all the, all the promising hope that um, Isaiah has. I, I think about all that he can do. And my desire, Maylot's desire, is that Isaiah would learn to honor you. So Lord, we pray that Isaiah would place his faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that he would do that at a younger age rather than waiting till he gets old. I pray that he would give his life to you. And as he does, Lord, that you would use him in service for you. Lord, parenting is difficult. And that's okay because that reminds us that we need you. And so, Lord, Maylot comes to you today recognizing She knows her desire to raise Isaiah to honor you. But we also come, she comes, recognizing the need to have wisdom, wisdom that comes from you. So, Father, I'm also praying that you would grant her wisdom as a mother. May may she continue to love Isaiah, and may she know Isaiah and how you have made him. What what kind of makes him tick? How, How to best parent him? what the best approach is. That's going to take wisdom, and you are able to do that. So, Lord, we, we love this family. I thank you for the family that is up here with Maylot. I thank you for their support. I thank you for the church family and the support that we are able to offer. And so we commit Maylot and Isaiah to you right now. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. What a precious little boy. Here we go back to mommy. All right. We love you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this little guy does because I think he's going to be a preacher. (laughs) All right. You can grab a seat. Happy birthday. All right. Because of Jesus, right? It's because of Jesus. That's right. All right. At this time, I would like to have, we had two different teams um, who went out. And so the very first team, um, if I can have the team that went to California, would you guys come on up here if you are able to come on up? Go ahead and come on up right now. And I would like to have them just share briefly this morning um, about their trip. So we had a team that went to Dinuba, California, just outside of Fresno. They went to, there we go, they went uh, down to a place called Gleanings for the Hungry. Gleanings for the Hungry is with, under the umbrella of YWAM. And we're going to hear a bit about what they did, and we'll see a few pictures that were put together um, of their time down there. Now, these guys went with, Um, a youth group here in Salem called Fired Up. It is, Fired Up is a non-denominational discipleship youth group. And they went together um, to give a week of service. And so I'd like to just ask you guys if you would each take a moment and just share with the church family how it is that God used this trip to challenge you. Zion, we'll start with you since you're standing closest to me, all right? So the um, biggest point uh, from my part was on the way there. We stopped at a park, and there was a we did a worship service and a church service on Sunday. So there was a, where we were doing worship. There was a guy that rode up on his bike, and he was just sitting there crying for like probably ten minutes while we were doing worship. Mm-hmm. So I went up and talked to him, and he said he grew up in a church, but he hadn't really been with the Lord since then, and he was probably in like his fifties. But um, 
Yeah, I just got to talk to him. He thought it was amazing that we all came from Oregon to mm. help other people. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You never know how God is going to use you in that moment. Ava, why don't you share with um, us? While we were in California, they had a time of prayer that we all just prayed together. Mm. And I was with one of my friends, and I asked her what she needed prayer for. And she told me, and then she kind of started crying, and we prayed together. And then one of our friends, he came up, and he asked us if he could pray for us. Mm. And so he started praying. We didn't tell him what we needed prayer for. And he was on the other side of the building when, before he came over. And he prayed for exactly what she needed prayer for, and she felt so happy after that. Wow. Isn't God good? God is the one that does that. And I, I love that in those moments when someone is completely unaware of that which you need and yet comes, and it's just a reminder of, God, you're at work. You're the one that is orchestrating all that. Thank you for sharing that, Ava. Levi, how about for you? Um, how are you challenged on this trip? This was your first time down there on this trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was this one speaker this one time, and uh, I think he got a lot of people, and one of those people was me, and I got to experience it, and it was fun. Awesome. And all my friends were all, like, praying for me and stuff and um, comforting me and stuff. Good. So you were listening. Good. And because you were listening, God worked. Excellent. Thank you, Levi. Solomon, how about for you? Okay, so I've gone three years, and every year we go, it's two days in a hot bus with no air conditioning. <laughs> and once we get there, we work hard for the rest of the week, and it's two days back in a hot bus. But through it all, there's happiness, there's laughing, and there's joy. And yeah. you wouldn't have that without God being there. Like, if he wasn't there, it would just be, everyone would just be sitting mm -hmm. there unhappily, but because he is there, we have joy through all of it. We have fun. We can enjoy it, even though it's hot. And uh, it just really shows up every year. Excellent. Thank you, Solomon. Uh, just like God was working through everybody, so everybody was willing to do whatever they had to do. And nobody was complaining about anything through the entire bus trip. No complaining from you, Cayman? Nope. You were just, well, good. <laughs> You're a hard worker. You are an excellent worker. Good. Very cool. All right, you guys, I'm so glad that you went. And um, know that your church family was praying for you while you were gone. Also, Malachi went. Malachi's been sick this week, so Malachi was unable to come up here. But Malachi went, and uh, he said that he was really challenged as well on this trip, and God used it to work in his life. Um, also, our missions team that meets on a monthly basis was able to support this team with a portion of that which they needed. So I just want you to know that that was part of us as a church family doing that. And we really are grateful for the missions team doing that and uh, supporting this team like that. Now, we've got some pictures here. And Elise, I'm not sure if my clicker is going to work or not. Was that me? Was that? Okay, perfect. Well, then it's working pretty good then. Okay, so, oh, you know what? Actually, I want... Who likes to talk the most? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Solomon, would you just, and if anyone else wants to chime in here, feel free, okay? But can you just take us through? We've got a few pictures that Lene was able to send my way this week. Thank you, Lene. So what do we have here, Solomon? Uh, one of the buses. I'm not sure. We had a bunch of bus problems while we were there. Like, uh, uh, that's waiting outside the gate of Oh, okay. Okay, this is at a rest stop? Yeah, so somebody else came up in a smaller car, like a case of problems. Okay. So she, uh, she was like, and they obviously going a lot, a lot faster since they were in a huge bus with a full of a bunch of people. But um, so they just like stopped and took pictures a lot, off, a lot more often. Okay, a lot more often. You got that last part there. A lot more often. <laughs> All right, so there was someone who was along in a smaller car who was just there to kind of make sure that things were okay. And so she was able to get this picture. All right, how about this one here? Uh, Ava, what do we have here? Um, this is when we were unloading at the Reading Church. Okay, what do you know what church this, do you know what it's called or not? Reading Church. Just, Reading, Reading Church. church. <laughs> Perfect, and Reading, California. Okay, good. And how about this here? This uh, Zion, this looks like you and Malachi there. Yeah, that was us. Um, I guess we were hugging. 
<laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, Cayman, what do we have here? Uh, so those are the bags full of soup, and uh, we're sealing them with uh, blue thingamajiggers. <laughs> and Zion <laughs> is filling up the bags in the, um, in the soup funnel thingy. The thingamajiggers and the funnel thingy. Yep. Perfect. Awesome. Technical names. All right. Good. Um, what are you guys packaging over here, Solomon? Do you know what you're packaging there? Uh, that's just the soup plant again where they take the okay. bins full of the spices and the noodles and all the different things for the uh, soup, and then they put it in bags and seal it. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Levi, what are we doing over here? This is a picture of you here. Um, this is like... I forgot what it's called. Inspe- it's called inspection. And, okay. You just good. take all the rotten peaches out and let the let the good ones go by. There's bins right beside you, so you just uh-huh. take the bad peaches and throw them in there. Okay. And they go in a pit. Good. Excellent. Okay. And how about this one, Zion? Tell us about this one here. I think this was the first morning. Okay. Um, we were doing worship in the... Just in the um, cafeteria. Okay, very good. Okay, how about this one here? This is Cayman working, looks like. Uh, we're pairing trays there that we uh, lay the peaches out on, and then we dry them in the center out in the field. Excellent. Good. Okay, it looks kind of warm in, over there. Was how, What was the temperature like? Do you 105 guys the entire week. What's that? 105 the entire week. 100, 105 the entire week. It gets a bit warm down there, doesn't it? All right. And how many hours were you guys typically working each day? A, a lot. Do you remember? About 10 to 4.30 or 5, I think. Okay. Okay, good. And then there was probably time, group time for worship and prayer yeah. and debriefing, that sort of thing? Yep. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, we've got Ava here. Ava, what were you guys doing uh, here? We were washing the buckets that we sent out the peaches into all the different countries. Okay. And we had to like scrub out all the old stuff in because the buckets are donated. Uh huh. And then we had to get all the stickers off and stuff. That was fun. So, this is putting you on, on spot on the spot a little bit. But why were you actually doing this and packaging the food? Um, what? How does how does that work and where does it go? countries it goes to, but uh, they kind of send them out into different countries that don't have enough like food resources. Okay, yeah, good. It, it just goes to wherever, like, if like a natural disaster or something hit, they just send it to them. Excellent. Good. Okay, and I've, I have not actually done gleanings for the hungry before, but when I was reading about it, they were, they were sharing that as they do this, really their desire is that the message of Jesus would be Accompanied, that it would go along so that it's, it is doing this, in, in some senses, a very humanitarian thing. This is a need that people have, but also that it would not just simply be food, but that the food would be packaged with the hope and love of Jesus. Um, all right, a couple more. This is just that uh, we've got more guys here. I think I may have, I saw Michael back there. Michael was also on the trip. Um, Michael, good job. Glad that you were able to go, and that's Michael up there. And some of the other guys from our church. More pictures here of the area down there. Levi again. And then we've got Malachi. Malachi is the one that was sick here today. But uh, doing some, some work there. And then we've got the whole team here. How many on the team went? I think, you, it, about, I think it was about 80. About 80? Yeah. Was that 80 youth and sponsors? Looks like about probably about 80 youth and sponsors probably all together. Yeah, I think so. Okay, excellent. Good. Well, hey, a big thank you to you guys, and we are proud of you for your work that you did. You guys can grab a seat. Okay, I'm going to keep Ava up here, and I'd like to call Kelsey and Livia on up now at this time. So after these guys went... And they went out June, I believe it was June 2nd through the 10th. After that team went out, we had this team here of three ladies who went and served for a week at CYIA. CYIA stands for Christian Youth in Action. And it's a camp 
which takes place on a yearly basis under the umbrella of CEF. It's out at Aldersgate, a place, um, Aldersgate Conference Center, and uh, it's just in Turner, and they received a week of training, and not only training, it was, a, it was a time really for them to be trained in how to teach the Word of God to children, and then also to kind of wring out what you're learning. So it's not just taking everything in, but it's also practical application and putting into practice that which you have been learning. There were 33 five-day clubs that took place in the Salem area. By the way, one of those locations was here at Kingwood Bible Church. Big thank you to Sharon for making that happen. And Kingwood has been a host of five-day clubs for, I I believe, 20-plus years, I, I think is what I heard. So grateful that we can be part of it because we had four enthusiastic young people and a team leader who came every day to work with the children of our community. It was incredible. I loved what happened. I loved seeing the kids who came here, and it took place right before our VBS. So same thing. Can you just share, and we'll begin here with Ava, if you would just share, how did God use this to challenge you? Um, It was really a blessing to be able to work with the kids. I, the second day at the five-day club I was helping with, there was a three-year-old girl who came up to me. And I was, uh, that day I was helping with the verse quoting, and everybody Mm -hmm. would come and quote the verse. And the three-year-old came up and quoted the verse, and that was really encouraging. Good, good. And this, Ava, was your very first year doing this. Excellent. So I was challenged, um, challenge is the right word, something that encouraged me was there is the speaker, and one of the evenings he gives the traditional, do you want to serve Jesus with your life, stand up moment and there was a girl that I met at a small group time and she said that I know a lot of people stood up but for me it was it was real and I don't know what God's going to do but I just want to share with the small group that that I stood up and that that was real for me and I was able to find her later on in the week in the dorms and I just said I want to encourage you that like hold on to this moment because a long time ago, when I was at camp, and I was 13, I stood up when the speaker gave the challenge, and it was real for me, and I told God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I don't know what it's going to be or how I'm going to serve you, but, but I have been able to serve God, and he has used me since that moment. So I was able to just encourage her to not let doubts come in or think maybe it was all emotional or she did something that everyone else was doing, but just to let her know that it really is real and God will use you if you're faithful. So that was encouraging to me. So the speaker was really encouraging. He was really awesome. Um, but he had all of us repeat after him really, really loudly that God loves me and God has a great plan for me. And that was really, really um, an amazing time to have all of us just like happy reminded of that. And he challenged us to say every single morning before I go to bed, to say that God loves me and God has a great plan for me. And that was really good. So, mm, yeah. Good. Olivia, can I put you on the spot really quick, too, if you don't mind? Betty, <laughs> um, you were part of Open Air. And can you share just briefly about that moment? Because that was something that hit me. Yeah, so Open Air is when you go out. Um, I actually was at the Riverfront Park with the carousel. And God. Uh, was sent us all out um, and had a team and you went up to a parent and said hello uh, this is me this is my friend here can we tell your child about Jesus using the wordless book God um, used me to share with a family of four kids they all accepted that was really amazing so yeah that's right Livia thank you for sharing that and I'll just add that the very first person that she went to, I think it was a, no, you're not going to share with my children. Um, isn't that right? Yeah. And so there, there can be that, oh, do I keep on doing this? And it was the next family that she went to with a, a, a partner, a friend. Would it be okay if we shared with your, with your children about Jesus? And yes, you can. And that was a family where all of those children Pray to receive Jesus. So what, what an incredible opportunity and experience to be a part of that. 
All right, well, we appreciate you guys too. And our missions team did the same thing and also supported these children and, um, and, and took care of a portion of their fee to go to this camp. So we have a few pictures here. And most of the pictures actually come from Kelsey <laughs> because she was the one who was allowed as a cabin leader. She was allowed to have the camera. The other girls really were not allowed to have phones for the whole week there. But um, this here is the three of you yep. uh, together, probably at the start of camp. On the last day. Oh, on the, oh they're, still looking, smiling. they're looking pretty good on the last day and still smiling. That's great. Okay. This here. So I'll just share that there was um, 152 students from all over the state of Oregon that came to participate in this camp. And, and we were lucky to have a short drive to come here. A lot of people drive from far corners. And this is the gymnasium area where we worshiped. And it was student-led worship, which was really great. Okay. All right. Um, Let's see. Ava, would you just talk about the five-day clubs, a bit about some some of the things that you would do at a five-day club? Um, So at the five-day club, we would normally, we would start out and ask them, "Do, do you remember how we started out yesterday? And then they would tell us, and if they were right, we'd tell them, yeah, good job, you're right. Do you want to help us with that? Or if they were wrong, we'd be like, well, that's close. It was actually this. And we would, then we would pray, and then we would kind of go over the rules and the word up. is kind of like uh, the first one is God loves me. So okay. we would hold it up, and we'd say word up, and they would all have to stand up and say it. Excellent. Good. Okay. Some more pictures here. Olivia, why don't you fill in a bit more here on things that took place at the five-day clubs? Are there any things that you would add to that? So this is the memory verse, and that's a good uh, thing for the kids to learn the scriptures. And they would also have Bible lessons and missionary stories and a lot of songs that get stuck in your head easily. Um, And then there was games, which was a good time to get to know the kids and um, learn more about them. So, yeah. Okay. Excellent. This here, Kelsey, maybe you can mention just a bit about this. So. I was a camper at Christian Youth in Action many years ago, and I was a student for five years, and then I went two years as a half-staff, half-student summer missionary, and these two young people next to me were um, in my team. They were the student teachers, and I was their leader, and now, I would say 20 years later, both of them are acting as area directors with CEF full-time, and so I take a lot of motherly pride in being their first team trainer. So it was great to see them again as leaders and teachers at camp. Good. Okay, this is Livy and a friend. This is the one picture I think that, that you were able to somehow sneak and get there. Okay, this here is a picture again. So Kelsey. there's the mom on the other end. We were campers together 20 years ago at camp, and then we both had daughters going to camp this year. So that was really fun to have a little mini reunion with an old friend and to both have daughters going to camp. We were really proud of them. Yeah. This actually up there would be CJ's older sister. So, yeah. All right. This is one of the teams. That was my team. Kelsey's team from the five-day club. Neat kids. I met them a few times that week. And then I was a cabin leader in the evenings, and this was the group of girls that the other adult in the picture, is she up? No, this is not the, my team. Just kidding. This is the group that came from the Salem area to attend this camp. Is, yeah. This is the Capital District um, ladies okay. who went to camp. Excellent. This is the picture of my this girls' one would cabin be your, who yeah. I was able to enjoy yeah. hanging out with in the evenings. And they were from all over Oregon, and none of them knew each other really, and they all met that week, and we had a great time. Yep. Excellent. Okay, and I think that's it. And these young ladies here, um, and as well as the other youth, they did this. They served because of Jesus, and um, that's why they went. So a big thank you to you for serving this in this way. Well, one final thing that we're going to do this morning is also because of Jesus. And that is for us to um, take communion together.
because of what he has done for us. When we, when we have communion, I really, I enjoy, when I'm able to, I like to take whatever we're studying and relate it to communion. And, and I think that you should be able to do that with any part of the Bible because it seems like everything just kind of points to Jesus. Now, we're in the book of Proverbs, and it's, it's interesting because Proverbs never mentions Jesus and never mentions the coming Messiah or Savior. There, there is really nothing. If you had just the book of Proverbs alone, you would really need more. <laughs> and, and so I was, this last week I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to address Proverbs? Not that we have to use Proverbs for communion, but what do I do here? And I had a couple ideas that I was wrestling with. And, and then as I was reading through the book of Proverbs, I um, came to these, these verses, and I, I really noticed that I was seeing over and over again this word in the book of Proverbs. It's the word righteous. King Solomon would use a couple different words, wise and foolish. And he would compare, make this comparison. The wise person will do this. The foolish person will do this. He would, he would talk about the slugger will do this, but those who are upright will do this. And he, he does this comparison. He will put people in, in two different camps and kind of say, this is how the person that you want to be like, you want to emulate, this is how they do things. And then this other person that you really don't want to emulate, this is how they go about things. This is how they do life. And, and I was noticing a number of times Scripture would say in the book of Proverbs, it would, it would talk about the righteous people. This is how righteous people do things. And the, the flip side was, and this is how wicked people do things. So listen to these words here. Proverbs 11, verse 4. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. There is a day coming where God is going to fold things up like a scroll and it's over. And we will be confronted with God himself standing face to face with him. And in that moment, all the money in the world will do you no good. Money, that which we like right now and might have it, it helps us today. But in the end, it will do no good. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Righteousness delivers from death. Verse 5, the righteousness of the blameless makes a straight way for them, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. When a wicked man dies, his hope perishes. All he expected from his power comes to nothing. The righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead. With his mouth, the godless destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous escape. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Righteous. Righteous people. And from Proverbs, we would have to say that righteous people are people who long to know God and honor Him, follow Him, obey Him. These are righteous people, wicked people, those people who just want to live for themselves. And King Solomon is saying there, is, there are these two camps of people. I'm glad that Scripture is not just the book of Proverbs. Because as we read the rest of Scripture, it helps us understand everything. 
And God has revealed more to us. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that we might become the righteousness of God. That's not Proverbs, but that's about righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made Jesus, who had no sin, to become sin for you and for me. Why? So that we could become righteous. So that we could be made righteous. So that we can be right with God. God longs, longs to do that. He who had no sin takes sin for us. And though this is not said, it is kind of implied here. We who have no righteousness become righteous. The book of Isaiah says all of our, all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. I have no righteousness. You have no righteousness. But Jesus, who had no sin, was fully righteous, took my sin and exchanged it and gave me his righteousness. I can have the righteousness of Jesus so that I can stand before God and be acceptable to him. And you can do the same thing as well. Titus 3, 5 through 7. He saved us, God. God the Father saved us. God saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. We get to be heirs of this. We get to have eternal life. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, those who are sinful are able to be made righteous. We can be made righteous. I'm going to stand before God one day. You will stand before God one day. I do not want to attempt standing before God Almighty on my own merit. Because my own merit stinks. It gets me nowhere. It is as filthy rags. But because of Jesus, I, who am sinful, am made righteous. I am made right with God. Today we choose to remember Christ's gift of salvation. He offers us salvation. If you are uncertain of your salvation, then can I just tell you right now, you can do something about that right now in this moment. You can do something about that today, right now. You can. Do you recognize your sin? Do you recognize the consequence of sin is separation from God? Do you recognize that Jesus went to the cross? He went to the cross to die in your place. And by faith, we can trust in Jesus to save us, to be in charge of our life, to be Lord of our life. He longs to do that. That's why Jesus came. We're going to remember what Jesus accomplished. On the cross. This is the Lord's table. It's not mine. It's the Lord's table. And it is for his family. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, this table is for you. Whenever we come to this table, it's a reminder for us to search our heart. 
and, and allow God to examine us to make sure that we are in right relationship with God, our Father, also that we are in right relationship with one another. So take this moment. I'm going to invite those who are serving communion today to come on up here together as we prepare. And I would just like to encourage you in the quietness of this moment to to speak to the Lord. If there is anything that you need to confess to him, do so. If God is speaking to you and you have never placed your faith in Jesus and yet you know that God is calling then recognize your sin, recognize Jesus that a Savior has been sent. It is a demonstration of God's great love for us. And receive Jesus by faith. And then we will take this communion to this uh, table together. Those who are serving can come up together at this time. Lord, search our hearts. I pray that our hearts are clean. I pray that we have a genuine relationship with you, God, which comes through faith in Jesus, your son. Thank you for what Christ accomplished on the cross. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you that though we are sinful, because of our faith in Jesus, we are able to be made righteous. We receive the righteousness of Jesus. I thank you for that. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for this opportunity that we have to observe communion together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The elders are going to serve the bread. I'm going to ask that you would hang on the bread. The elders will then come and serve the cup. We'll do this at two different times. But we ask that you hang on the bread and on the cup. We'll have some music playing here in the background. Take this time to talk with the Lord, and then we will all come back together together, and we will take communion together.